behind the glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Pal. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. And we are the greatest homebrew show on the internet. Or with, so we keep telling ourselves. With the best intro. Yes. Oh, our intro. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, we're running with kind of a skeleton crew today. Uh, just me and Miles here in the studio. Everyone else is, well, sleeping because we're recording this at the last minute on a Monday morning. We've made better life choices than drinking homebrew at 8 a.m., but. No, I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, this is one of the smarter things I've oh, done Oh, of so course. Far. Smartest thing. Uh, so, yeah, the first half of the show might go a little bit quicker than usual, but. All right. So, Miles, what have you been brewing lately? Uh, I will be doing some more of that this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of planning on doing that either tonight or tomorrow night, depending on when uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the pale ale. Because yep. I have the recipe, and I was going to do it yesterday morning, but it was raining, and I really didn't want to stand outside in the rain. I, I can't imagine why. It, yeah. I was like, Ugh, I could either get up and brew in the rain, or I could keep laying here for a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> Which translates to a little bit longer, and a little yep. bit longer. Yeah. And a, no, um, I need to brew that, and I also have four batches to bottle. Nice, very nice. Yes. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do some kegging this morning when we're done here. I, I've been meaning to get that double IPA kegged, and I keep putting it off. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta do it today. So that's that's my plan for after this, and then work. Woo! Oh, you know what? I even brought something for us to drink today. Oh, there we go. That, that'll help. We that'll can, help, yeah, right? We'll, we'll get to it though. Be good in sauce before work. This is a right? great idea. Great idea. See, I got Jack. Stuff going on today. <laughs> uh, yeah, so why don't we taste this homebrew that we have in front of us? Uh, well, let's get that out of the way. So it's another one of mine. It's my first Pilsner, and I already know what's wrong with it. I figured I sat down and I figured it out, but let's see what, what you think All right. before, I, before I let the cat out of the bag. Now, is it just your first Pilsner? or is it it, It's my first lager. All right. So first Pils, first lager. That's something to be noteworthy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be extremely critical. I'll also you should note be. that I don't exactly have a lot of lager home brews. You don't see very much. Yeah, you don't you don't see a whole lot. Well, just because the process itself is a little bit more complex. Um yeah. I you know, I can talk about this a little bit while I'm here, let me bring up my notes here. While you're tasting, I should oh, simple pills. Oh, I apologize ahead of time. I can't smell a thing. The 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 aroma's fine. I in my opinion at least, like it okay. smells like a pilsner. Okay. Um all right, so I used 18 pounds of pills, uh, malt, and uh, and that's that's it for the malt bill. Um, two ounces of pearl for the bittering, and an ounce of Hollertau at 15 minutes for the uh, the aroma. And I did boil for 90 minutes. I did a 90 minute mash and a 90 minute boil. I mashed at uh, 148 for 90 minutes, and that's uh, where a lot of my issues stemmed from. It was too long of a mash, but that's. Do you think you got some tannin extraction? Um, a little bit, but not mu- not not so much on the tannin extraction. Uh, more I over converted, and okay. so um, well let's let's hear your well, thing before I okay. I I don't I honestly don't have too many pilsners because it, it's not quite my style of beer. Mm-hmm. This this is good though. Um, 
I get almost like a, a grainy huskiness kind of coming through, and I guess that's what I mean by tannic, because it, it's yeah. not quite bitter. It's not astringent by any means. Um, just a little bit of, of, of huskiness that comes through. Otherwise, it's a pretty straightforward Pilsner. I don't get too much, if any, of the hops in the flavor. Again, I apologize. I can't yeah. smell, so I can't. I can't comment in that area. Okay. Um, otherwise, it's pleasant beer to drink. Yeah. Um, no, and it's so my big thing is uh, color. It's it's a gorgeous looking. It's crystal clear, um, and it has that nice just pure white like head when you pour it. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose I didn't even talk about that, did I? Yeah. No. Uh, it's got a very nice pale straw golden color going on. Uh, very, very crisp, very, very clear. Um, I think even more so than your bitter that we tried yeah. the other. No, day. I mean this 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 beer cleared out really well. Like it's it's like glass. It's it's perfect. I, I'm very happy with the appearance and the flavor overall is fine. But there's a lot of DMS is what I picked up. A lot of that corn and the like, just too much corn. Like you you okay. expect a little bit. Yeah. But too much. And I think that might be where that grainy huskiness might be coming from, too, is just the DMS. Okay. And I, w- I was talking with Mike at Pitchfork. We were talking about my Pilsner, and I'm like, well, there's something wrong with it. I can't quite figure it out. And we talked about it, and, yeah, he, he nailed it with the DMS. Uh, he, his his theory is that I overconverted some of the malts, and so you can get some DMS that way, especially with Pilsner malt. It's pretty pretty okay. prevalent. I've never worked with much Pilsner malt. Yeah. Again, because I've never made lagers. Mm-hmm. So that that's uh so the big change I'm gonna do this next time I do it is I'm going to do a a sixty minute mash instead of a ninety, um and I might even drop it down to a sixty minute boil. Um, the only reason I did a ninety was to potentially drive off some of that DMS, and that's what I read online, but. It apparently didn't work, so <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna drop everything down by a half hour. Well, I mean it makes sense. I mean, uh, especially if you've never really had DMS as an issue mm-hmm. in the past for your other brews, um, it doesn't seem like a procedure that should necessarily need to be changed. Yeah, especially if you're just working with like pure light base malt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think like my recipe sound, my yeah. fermentation process, it seems like it came out pretty clean. Yeah. Um so I I I'm just going to change my my actual brewing process. Um I think about the only experience we've ever had with lagers was with a buddy of ours we made in Oktoberfest. Okay. And excuse me, he uh employed the Rubbermaid tub with the frozen 2 liter bottles of water mm-hmm. to try and lager it. Okay. Did did how did that turn out? Undercarbonated. And it just did not ferment properly. Oh, okay. Too cold, you think, or I, too warm? I, I think the temperature was just all over the place. Oh, too fluctuating. On a if daily that's basis. A word. On a fluctuating. No, fluctuating. Yeah, fluctuating is the word I was looking for. Because words are hard. Well, it's early. It's early. <laughs> it's true. Have another beer. Right. You know, uh, otherwise, I, I think... So, what would you rate this, Pills? Um... This is going to sound a little more harsh than it's supposed to, but probably an 82. Really? That high, huh? 
That seems a little high. Uh, I would have gone, but most more maybe because I'm more harsh on myself than I should be. But I I was thinking mid seventies. Um, one of the things I always try and keep in mind is what was the goal of the beer while it was being made. You know, and obviously you're not trying to make some award-winning, you know, life-changingly amazing pilsner. You're yeah. just like, I want to try making a lager for the first time. Let's go with the pilsner. And you did a good job. I mean, you got DMS, which more or less stems from one or two small mistakes, everything else procedurally. Yeah, but it brings uh, down the overall quality of the beer, in my opinion. It's it's something that, that prevents me from drinking three pints as opposed to two. I suppose. And... and I guess I'm used to rating a lot of beers really, really high, especially since I, I taste stuff with my buddy Eric all the time, mm-hmm. where 95 is considered a low rating. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I mean, it's 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 a pleasant beer to drink. Granted, you can't have multiples in a row like you otherwise might be able to yeah. with a Pilsner, but that's why I knocked it back down to, you know, low 80s. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we're right in the same ballpark. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the 70s, you're in the 80s, so... But that could just be because it's mine, and I'm a little bit more harsh on my beer than other people seem to be. Or are willing to be. Or yes. Or want to admit to be. Yes. That could definitely be it. All right. Um. Oh, wait. Hang on. What's that? What's that? What? That's right. It's time for a competition update. So, Miles and I were supposed to have both of our uh, pale ales brewed, but we haven't, but I'm sure we have all the ingredients and the recipes made up. So, let's talk about the recipes that we've done, we've made up. Uh, Do you want me to go to first? Uh, Yes, please. Okay. Um, I am doing 11 pounds, uh, my malt bill is 11 pounds two row, and half a pound of crystal 60, uh, and that's for a five-gallon batch. I'm just going to do five gallons. Uh, Hops, I'm going to do... An ounce of Citra at 60 minutes, uh, half an ounce of Amarillo at 30, and an ounce of Citra and half an ounce of Amarillo at Flame Out. No dry hop. No dry hop? No dry hop. No dry hop. No dry hop. Jeez. Um, and then I'm going to ferment with 1056 because that's your standard American ale yeast. Yeah. Um... You know what? I think I think I chose to go with simple. Yeah, I'm going with straight simple. Yeah, um, with with only just one itty bitty bit of a twist. Uh, so bear in mind, this is a one gallon batch that I haven't written yep. for. Uh, I've got one point eight five pounds of two row, point uh, one five pounds of crystal one twenty. Okay. So it's a it's a very small amount. Um, I think it would convert to. Oh, let's just multiply by five. Three quarters of a pound. Of crystal 120? Three, yep, three quarters of a pound okay. with about eight pounds, of, or excuse me, with over nine pounds of pale. Yeah. So just, just hearing these recipes, we're going to have to taste in cups that we can't see through because there's going to be a clear color difference. Yes, yep. Um, then I'm going straight Cascade. Okay. Straight Cascade with a um, and I've been I've been liking this hot bill for a while. I started experimenting with it a little bit, and I've just been enjoying the outcome. I'm going with 0.2 ounces at 60 uh, for a five gallon batch. This would translate to one ounce. Yep. 
uh, 0.1 ounce at 20 minutes or half an ounce, and 0.2 at five or one ounce again. Okay. Are you going to dry hop? I am not. You're not. I'm not going to dry hop. And I, I don't think pale ales need to be dry hopped. I, I don't think I, it's necessary. I think it's a bit excessive, especially with as much um, profile of the hops that you're supposed to see in the yep. first place with uh, no body to fight with it. Mm-hmm. So I guess let's uh, – why uh, – I usually go with the with – the, uh, the Cascade Centennial route. Yeah. Yep. That's. I mean, that's that's usually my go-to. I wanted to switch it up for this competition, make it a little bit more interesting. So I figured I'd go. You know, I really want to showcase that melon in the Citra. That's that's my goal there. I. You know. Out of so many of the styles that uh, I and my buddy have brewed over the years, guess what? Guess which one we have done probably the least. Pale ale. Pale ale. So. I'm actually going to take a play from your book, and I'm just going... Keep uh, it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. And we're going to see how it takes us, because especially with pale ales where... um, Sorry, in my opinion, where they can, in in some ways, really should be just straightforward and simple, I think it'll... Uh, have that much more ability to shine at the same time. Oh, very true, very true. So. And that's that's usually where I keep my pale ales. Uh, about, you know, two malts, two hops. Yep. That's about it. Yep. So we're going to see how well that plays out. Yeah. And then uh, I chose uh, a dry yeast USO5 um, just because, uh, well, not just because, primarily because I have limited resources. Okay. But... Um, I have been using it in the past and hasn't messed anything up yet. So, uh, pretty straightforward American yeast. Very cool. I am not doing a starter, so I, I didn't plan on it either. Yeah. But then so again, that's that's that that's another thing I'm deviating a little bit from. I'm not doing a starter. I usually do one. Um, I, I, I might pick up an extra necessary. yeast packet. Do you know what your uh, predicted OG talk. is supposed to be? Uh, I had it written down, but now I don't. I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately. Okay. My, mine's supposed to be right around ten fifty-five. With yeah, that, that sounds about right. I'm. I'm. Yeah. My plan is to ferment out to, uh, like five percent on the on the nose. So yeah, um, I have mine drawn up on uh, Brutoad. Okay, and. Are are we still looking to get uh, a Brutoad for this? Yeah, uh, we we probably should. Okay, we probably um, should. Well, then I'll I'll just comment and say that at some point we are going to have a Brutoad uh, profile set up for Blind Ninja Studios so that we can we share, can put all the recipes. Yeah, that we've we can used share all the recipe details and stuff yep. instead of just saying it. And then you have to listen to the entire episode again just for that little bit. Exactly. We want you to listen to it because you want to, not because you have to. Yes. Um, that, uh, that it's just easy to take notes and you can see how well we're actually mm-hmm. brewing over time. All right. Um, well, I think that brings us, uh, out of the competition here and onto our discussion topic for the week. Well, before that, oh. I have something that I prepared for you this week. Oh, that's right. You prepared a segment that you didn't tell me about. I didn't. Okay. So, uh, legitimately, he has no clue what's going on here. I, no I just clue, told guys. him to save about five or 10 minutes. And I was just, and he didn't even ask that hard. He was just like, okay. I, was like, I don't care. Um, I have for you a homebrew quiz. Oh, man. I have to do this now. Yes, we're, Matt, doing, we're you're you're calling my credibility into question here, Miles. Um, 
this uh, this is very broad, so it covers homebrewing topics, craft beer topics, and right. some commercial brewing topics. Okay. Um, I have ten questions, so the question is going to or so the entire... I'm going to buzz in with the bell. All right. Um, it's going to be out of ten, although I th- I believe I have a uh, total sixteen points possible right. for you. So there's some extra credit. Uh, question one is going to be the most involved. All right. Most involved question right here, guys. In 1997, the International Trappist Association was founded. How many breweries are recognized as the official Trappist breweries? Seven. Wrong. What? Is it nine? It's eight. It's, ah. it's eight. Okay, so there there is some room for extra credit here. Um, I, I have a quarter point awarded for each Brewery that I can Trappist name. Oh, I can't name any of them. Yes, you can. I don't know if I can. D- go for it. No, I, I, I really don't think I can. You're gonna feel dumb when I start. I mentioning. know. Okay. I will definitely will. Orval, uh, Marywald, Koningshoven, Achel or Akel. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce that. And then the rest are gonna make you feel dumb. Uh, Westmall, Rockford, West Flatiron, and Chimay. Okay, I could have gotten two of those. Yeah. Um. And then I was going to give you... Fun uh, fact, don't like Belgian beers. I guess I didn't know that. <laughs> nope, nobody's perfect. Uh, and then I was going to give you a point if you were able to uh, tell me where most of them are from. Belgium. Belgium, yep. You okay. know what the other two? Uh, Koningshoven and Marywald are from two different countries. Would you be able to venture a guess where they uh, are? I'm going to guess one, France. Nope. No. Um... I don't know. Okay. Koningshoven is from the Netherlands, and Marywald is from Germany. Okay. Sorry, but I give you got to give you a flat zero out of one for that. Yeah. Yeah, I deserve that because, you know, not a Belgian drinker. Unless it's a sour. All right. Question two. We all know that SRM is used as a measurement for the color of a beer. What does SRM stand for? Read that once, completely forgot it because it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> it stands for standard reference method. And then I was like I said, not important, guys. Right? And then I was going to give you a point if you know how they actually determine it. By looking at it. No. Uh determination Do, do they measure the amount of light that goes through the beer? Pretty much, but I was going to look for a little more specific than that because that's pretty much how every measurement has been. Oh, okay. Um, Determination for the SRM value involves measuring the attenuation of light of a particular wavelength, which happens to be 430 nanometers, passing through one centimeter of beer. Man, he really thinks I know a lot about beer. I just started this show because... Okay, that was extra credit. The original question was, what does it stand for? Stands for the color of my beer. Okay, this one you ought to get. Otherwise, I I don't. Otherwise, we're just shutting the microphones off right now. um, What does the term modification refer to during the barley malting process? Oh, when you're malting. Yes. Wait, when you're malting the. Um, Modification is just a term that's used um, to define something that's happening while you're malting. 
So, I mean, these days we talk about very well-modified malts. Oh, that, like, well, I, I know I know what it means, like, a well-modified malt, you can extract all the sugars from, like, they convert easily. Um, the modification process itself, like, what does it refer to? Isn't it, I, I'm not entirely just, sure. Just take what you said and then just kind of... Shorten it? No. No, continue? Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Like, why can you convert everything? Because we're really good at malting. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give you... No, uh, so, well, the, I know what the malting process is. I guess I don't know what modification... Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you half a point because you, you pretty much said everything that directly correlates with what actually happens. See? Um, I don't know anything about the malting process. Uh-huh. I'm not a maltster. Um... I have a big, long definition here, but uh, during germination, enzymes in the allyrone layer are released and new enzymes are created. That breakdown of the protein-carbohydrate matrix into smaller carbohydrates uh, is basically the term that they use for modification. All right, I do not feel bad about not knowing that. Um, well, no, but... I, I no, mean, not even a little bit. So, <laughs> you know, the reason we malt is basically yeah. to to turn the grain from something that brewers can't use to something that we can use. Yes. And the level of modification, in other words, the ability to transform the stuff that we can't use to the stuff that we can use allows us to extract more and more out of the grain. Mm-hmm. And so that's basically what I was getting at, just by back up your logic a little bit. Well, I didn't want to. Right? I don't, right. I don't care what happens to the grain before I get it. Okay, this one, this one you should be all right with. That's what you said about the last one. We all love bitter beers packed with IBUs. We can always make the rating higher, but what is generally regarded as the IBU taste threshold? Taste threshold? Yeah. You can't taste anything over a hundred. That is correct. That's a that's a one out of one. Woo! Look at that, guys! I got one. I have credibility again. <laughs> uh, question five: In reference to yeast. What does attenuation mean? Attenuation is the amount of the sugars that, like, it's the amount that it ferments out. Um, so a high attenuating yeast is going to ferment drier than a low attenuation yeast. Yep, that's that's pretty much, or that's virtually exactly it. The, the term is usually given as a percentage to describe the percent of malt sugar that is converted by the yeast strain to alcohol and CO2. Basically, how much of the sugar the yeast decides it's going to eat. See, I'm good on the brewing side, guys. All this pre-crap. Not me. All right. There are two branches of brewer's yeast in brewing. One for ales, one for lagers. What is the te- technical name, the genus and species, for each? Oh, crap. Uh, well, they're all sac. They're all saccharomyces. Yep, okay, so that's the, so, that's the genus part. Yeah, the species? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Trying to think. I'd be surprised if you didn't know the ale one. I mean, whether or not you have it, like I, I, I don't, I don't, ha- I don't have it in my head right now. Okay, uh, Saccharomyces cerevisiae or cerevisiae. Okay, is for ales, which is the one I know I would have gotten. Uh, the what or for lagers I would not have gotten. That's Saccharomyces pastorianus. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I don't. know. Every time we're talking about yeast, we usually talk in the broad sense. Like, we differentiate between sack and Brett and stuff like that. Well, we have a homebrew podcast show now. I know. I should actually start learning. No, I no. This is episode three. I don't have to hold myself <laughs> to a standard yet. It's episode three with a homebrew quiz at eight in the morning. All right. <laughs> Let's keep this going. Uh, question seven. 
Hop utilization during the boil is a key factor for which home brewers must be keenly aware. How is hop utilization affected by boil gravity? Well, it, it's just affected. Uh, you'll get better utilization from a higher gravity, won't you? It's actually the exact opposite. Oh, lower utilization. I don't. I only do. I don't do high gravity beers, man. Well, no. Um, that and we don't do extract. Yeah. Um, I I mostly put this in there because it's something that uh, we should be aware of when we're talking. Or about we're doing extract. Yeah. yeah. When we're doing. And then you discussion. have to modify your your hot bill. All right. Question eight. Weinstephan Abbey is home to the world's oldest still operating brewery. When were they issued their official status as a brewery, and how old are they? 1405. You're off by a little over 300 years. 1105. Try another 70 or so. Wait, now I don't know which way. Okay, hang on, (laughs) hang on. I got this, I got this. 1030. 1040. Oh, so close. Uh, They were issued uh, their status as a brewery in 1040. This year, they will be 974. (sighs) Yes. And they don't make an IPA. They don't. (laughs) But they are, I think, one of the highest rated breweries in the world. I would hope after a thousand years they would get get it right. Um, So I I didn't necessarily expect you to know that one. but it's something I've been keenly aware of because that's partly how I sell vine stuff and at work. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, I don't think I've ever had any of their beers. Okay, so this is going to give away what well, I suppose I told you. Uh, so the beer that I'm going to be sharing with you is Yingling. Okay. Uh, I, I, I got a contact, and I got some Yingling. I'm sorry. Yingling is the oldest brewery in America, having opened its doors in 1829. How do you spell Yingling. Uh, it's like Y-U-E-N-G-L-I-N-G. That is exactly correct. I would not have gotten that. Oh, I've, I've, I've drank my fair share of Yingling. Oh, have you really? Yeah, yeah. I've never had Yingling. Oh, man, you are in for a thing that's going to happen. All right, and then question 10. What are the BJCP ranges for the original and final gravity for an American pale ale? Uh, original OG and FG. Yes. Uh, I think it's isn't it like ten forty five to ten sixty for the OG. Yes. And then um, I want to say like ten oh eight to ten fifteen. You know, I'm gonna give it to you ten ten to ten fifteen. Okay. Um, for that entire thing, you're off by two points. I'm not gonna argue. You're you're gonna get full credit for that. I make a lot of pale ales. So, let us, uh, shall we recap real quick? No, I failed. Okay, two, <laughs> three, four, five. Six wrong. All right. Five and a half out of ten. Hey, hey, that's more than 50%. Wait, was that right or wrong? <laughs> <laughs> that is a 55%. Hey, I'll take it. With a total of 160% possible. Oh. I'll take it. I really thought you might have gotten more out of the Trappist Association. I don't. I don't care no, about Belgian beers. No, but then my, again, I, I guess it's something I just got more exposed to because I work at a liquor store. Yeah, and it's partly how I sell the beer. 
So I got to keep some of that in mind when I try and write more quizzes in the future. Right? Yeah, yeah, I guess if you're going to keep quizzing me, I should actually keep learning. Right? So, I mean, quiz me more on the brewing process. None of this pre-brewing crap. Give me hey. fermentation ranges. Give me... <laughs> I did... Well... Yeah. I, I tried to be broad. I know. You were pretty broad. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. So discussion time, huh? Oh, why not? All right. What are we talking about today? We are talking about extract. Uh, extract. Extract for the extract brewer. So what is extract, Miles? Let's start there. That seems like a good place to start. Well, extract uh, is basically when the manufacturer starts brewing a beer, uh, all grain. They will take the grains and they will mash it, which is something that all grain brewers will do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then instead of proceeding to go to the boil, they then um, uh, dehydrate. Is is that the appropriate term? They, they don't dehydrate. Well, I, I suppose technically. I, it's, but it's, it's like a flash dehydration. Yeah, it, uh, like, they, they like do a pressure. Well, it's, yeah. They pressurize it. They and vacuum boil it. I yeah, think that's that, I think that's okay. what the that's the thing is called. Um, At least that's for dry. I think it's for both. Is it for both? Oh yeah, that's right. And then like they 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 uh they like quick cool it to make it a powder. I think. Well, what it is, um, they dry it to certain extents. Liquid malt extract they will dry to, eighty uh, percent solids, and then. The dry extract is to 98% solids. Okay. And one of the things I found out, at the very least for Brees, because that's the product we hold at the store, um, the liquid and the dry is the exact same stuff with just different amounts of water. Makes so sense. So if you get amber, li- am- excuse me, amber LME and amber DME, it's literally the same stuff, just one's a powder and one's a syrup, and... You're just buying different amounts mm-hmm. of how much of the stuff you're going to get. Um, and so this is a very convenient thing for home brewers to use because it's basically wort concentrate at this point. And so you can skip the whole malting process, which is where most of the mistakes you can make are going to happen. Um, and you can just go right to the boil. You mean the mashing process. Home brewers aren't really malting. You're right. I, I did mean to say mashing. Thank you for that. Um and my then, quiz. Right? <laughs> <laughs> then you can go right to the boil, and you can be adding your extracts from yeah. there. And you're basically reconstituting the work, the wort that they started making for you back at the manufacturing plant. Makes sense. Yeah. So have you ever have you ever used much extract? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I started as an extract brewer, so I'm very familiar with the extract. Um, you're you're actually more familiar with using it than I am. Yeah. I've probably uh, used uh, oh probably half a dozen extract extract kits things. Yeah, not like oh just the individual things. Have you have you done extract kits? Um, I was part of one extract batch. Um, as as like the early history because uh, I I commented you know a couple weeks ago. We thought about trying it. We got one kit. And then I dropped money. Yeah, and and that's how it went. Um, otherwise, I've helped a couple of my friends brew extract, but that I mean, at that point, I really wasn't learning. Yeah, or ex, you know, you know, uh, it I mean, extract way. is there. There's a certain art to it. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's it seems simple, but there's there's things that can go wrong, like with any brew. 
Yeah. Um, the big thing with extract, especially like if a lot of uh, extract brewers are doing like stovetop brewing, you got to watch out for the scorching of the of the extract. Like that is huge. Yep. Like when when you're like when you're when you got the boil up, you've done your steeping of your specialty grains or whatever. And you're you're getting ready to pour in your liquid like liquid extract more than than the than DME because the dry extract to the bottom. Yeah, because liquid extract is going to go right to the bottom. So you have to stir crazy vigorously, like Mm -hmm. just to make sure you keep it off. Uh, Also, like heat heat up the the liquid malt extract too. Like get a get you know like double boil it almost so it'll flow out a lot better. Because otherwise it it'll stay in that jar like molasses. It'll. I I think at this point most of the um, con, uh, extract containers actually tell you you know let this sit in mm-hmm. hot water before you try and pour yeah. it because you know well otherwise... that's that's part of the reason I like the uh, I like the cans better than like the plastic jars like the tin cans sure because you can like you can just you know crack that tin can a little bit and dump it in some boiling water and it's not gonna melt and oh, then just I use suppose, some tongs yeah. and dump it out well one of the things. Uh, what was it? Uh, Logan from last week said he he takes some hot water, you know, like boiling hot water aside before he adds it, adds his stuff, and then yep. pours that into his container, uh, caps it, shakes it, and then dumps it out, and he has virtually no residue left yeah. over. Yeah, and that's I mean, and that's, that's awesome. got to be virtually work free. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, there. I mean, there, there's a lot of little tips and tricks with extract, and I mean, we can get into that. Um, yeah, I guess we might as well now. I don't unless you have something else you want to add to the uh, extract thing. If I was going to add anything, um, some of the res- some of the readings uh, extract brewers might come upon is that uh, there are limitations to your options as far as extracts go. But I found, and this is something we can put in the doobly doo, um, a website for or from Brew Your Own online. They have the ultimate extract chart, and I think it comes with over 200 different extracts that you can get your hands on, and it gives, well, detailed details on every single one of them. It's a, uh, it's a 10-page PDF. Yeah. So. Well, and if we're being completely honest, there's you can make any beer style with extract. Oh yeah. Um. Some of it might take some more specialty, especially if you if you steep your specialty malts. You steep specialty malts uh, and use just like a very basic, like a two row extract, like you know a light, a light extract is essentially just a two row malt extract. Yes, yep. So if you steep your specialty malts, you can get any color range. You can get really any flavor profile you're you're looking you're looking at. The only thing I found with extract is if it's not a super fresh extract. You can get, uh, you can get uh, your your fermentation will stop sooner than you than you hope. You might not get as good attenuation. Do you know what that comes from? I don't okay. uh, for right. sure. I there there might be something where maybe like as it sits, some of the some of the sugars become long chain sugars, or okay. just some some just, something there. Just some chemical reaction. Yeah. Okay. Just I all I know is the older the malt extract, the less attenuation you're gonna get. And granted, it's only gonna be a few points, but that's where I think a lot of that extract twang comes from, or that extract sweetness that that a lot of people talk about when they're talking about extract beers. Well, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Well, I mean, 
Uh, I think one of the other comment or one of the other things I've read in general for extract brewing is um, when they're doing their evaporation process to dry it out, that they end up losing a lot of uh, protein solids. Okay. Um, in the process, and so that's why you can legitimately taste what an extract beer is or when a beer is an extract beer because it's literally just missing something and that's why you're seeing this uh, complete disappearance of extract only beers and mm-hmm. that they're all going to extract and specialty because even just steeping that specialty grain adds those proteins back is in going to start adding them back in yeah and, and i mean you can make a phenomenal extract beer and you you could taste it side by side with a well-made uh, all grain, all grain beer, and not tell the difference. Yeah, you you really can't. Like I, that's that's the thing. I hate it when people are like, "Oh, you're an extract brewer. Your beer must be terrible." No, you can make really good beer as an extract brewer, and if space is limited, it's a completely valid option. Absolutely, um, you just is. need to make sure that every other part of your process is nailed. Yeah, and it, and it's also helpful if time is a factor in your life. Yep. Because um, Lord knows I've done extract with specialty um, as an alternative to all grain. You know, I, if it's been a while or something, we'll just we'll get a kit or we'll write a really simple recipe for extract, and then we'll just do it. It'll take us three hours standing in the kitchen, and we can eat food in the meantime. Exactly. You don't have to pay attention as much. And yeah, uh, yeah. No. So it's it's definitely something to uh, just keep in mind. If if you don't want to go all grain right away, don't worry. There's a bunch of stuff you can do with extract to make to rake a really kick-ass extract beer. Yeah, and uh, especially if you're using specialty grains, combine any combination of specialty grains with over 230 extracts that are at your disposal, and you can make virtually anything you want. Mm-hmm. And it can, and in some cases will be, just as good as any uh, all-grain comparative. Yep. And so... And when we're talking about extracts, we're not talking about the pre-hopped extracts. Correct. That yeah. um, was, that like come in like a Mr. Beer kit or something like that. I suppose I never really uh, said explicitly. There are four different types of extracts that you can find. Can you name all four? Dry. Dry. Liquid. Liquid. Uh, pre-hopped. Pre-hopped. The other I've never actually seen, no, and I didn't I know was a thing until I read about it. Um, concentrated wort. It basically, so uh, uh, I haven't seen it and I haven't done much more reading on it, but my guess is it's probably uh, LME with higher water content still. So probably like 50 or more. So you'd end up buying like, you know, this one gallon can uh, as opposed to a three pound tub or something. Yeah. Hmm. So I didn't know that. I've never actually seen it. And I don't like the hopped. The hopped extract, the pre-hopped either. ones. No, uh, I, I feel like we should we should do an, we should pick up like some Mister Beer cans at some point and just monkey around with them. Well, um, you know what I found out. Um, by the time you have a pre-hopped wort, they're assuming that in addition to skipping the mashing step, you're also skipping the boil. You're also skipping yep. the boil, and that's why you can get Mister Beer done in half an hour. Yeah, yeah, no, it's I mean it's basically just add water beer. Yeah, and so I, I think it would be fun just to just to try it. I've done one. Um, yeah, I've done one, and we were like legitimately like start to finish. We were done in less than half an hour. Mm-hmm. That included setup and cleanup. Yeah, 
No, it was... it's 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 a super simple thing to do. Basically, all you end up doing is boiling the water to sanitize it. Yeah, for fifteen and, minutes. Yeah, and then you you cool it off, which takes a very short amount of time because, um, you're only boiling like six cups or something, mm-hmm. like enough to make macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Uh, and then so you, macaroni and cheese a beer, right? Uh, wow, that's actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> um, oh, and then you can use cold water to cool it off. Toss it in your thing. You're done. Yeah, done. And the pot doesn't even get messy. It's delightful. I don't, Man, I don't, why can't all beer be like that? The beer sucked. <laughs> the beer was terrible. <laughs> I bet we could make it good. We could ferment it at the right temperature. Use some liquid yeast. Always replace the yeast in Mr. Always. Beer kits. Well, and I, I want to see if we can find like some fresh Mr. Beer kits. Like, Is there such a thing? I, there has to be. I mean, they have to be constantly making them, so I wonder if you can find one that's, well, I'm just wondering, that's not three years old. Well, I'm just wondering what the demand on them is and... Implying how long do they sit in the warehouse? I, well, I bet they sell they a lot during like the holiday season around Father's Day. I suppose. I, suppose. Like, I mean, I, I I actually do hear uh, people talking about the Mister Beer kit. A lot I, of people have started with Mister Beers. I had one guy. I ended up having about a thirty-minute conversation with about being able to make real beer with his Mister Beer kit, and I basically said, "You're either looking at starting to design your own recipes, which is fine, and I can teach you how to do it." Or you can buy one of these homebrew recipe kits and just use half of it twice. Yeah, because yeah, it's what, a two and a half gallon thing? I, it is two. And I, I, I told him, if you were going to do this, all of your numbers were going to be just a little bit higher, but yeah. your beer was going to be fine and probably better for that reason, mm-hmm. depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's just go over a few quick homebrew tips because we're getting kind of long. Sorry about on that. On time here, no problem. Um, uh, I'll th- leave that to you. You're the expert in okay. this area. Well, there, there's one really big one that I like to tell people, especially if you're going for something uh, for a beer that has a little bit lighter SRM. Uh, add liquid malt extract towards the end of the boil. Do all your dry stuff uh, early because that's not really going to scorch your... Um, it all floats at the top. It all it all floats at the top, down. and I mean you'll get a little bit of caramelization from it, but not as much as you will from the liquid. Uh, so add it add it towards the end. Granted, you're gonna have to modify your hot bill a little bit if you want to. The the uh, it's not gonna be honestly if you follow the same thing. It's it, there's not gonna be a noticeable difference. Yeah. There really isn't, especially if you're doing like a pale ale or something like that, or even uh, something that's that's low hop. Like say you're doing a half of Eisen. And you want a you know a lighter half of Eisen, just add like a pound of LME or, or uh, DME, a, your a pound or two of your DME, depending on whatever it calls for, um, at the beginning, and then do your because you'll do a sixty minute boil hop, and that's you're not going to notice a perceived difference, I don't think, uh, especially for a half of Eisen, yeah, just so little, yeah, and so you're not going to notice a difference and you're going to get a lot lighter color and less, uh, let have a less chance of burning stuff yep. and, uh, less of, uh, like, I guess it's a melanoid and, uh, like the caramelization of, mm. of the, the extract. So you're not going to get that. You're not going to get a sweeter caramely flavor, almost like a, not quite burnt, but, um, and then for those who don't know, we're, we're talking about, uh, like Maillard reactions and caramelization. Yeah. Basically, that sugar gets burned the same way 
uh, your bread starts to turn into toast. Mm-hmm. And so it literally just gets darker, which is why you're saying do it at the end because you're going to avoid this deeper color change. Yep. And it's also going to have, or it's also going to avoid getting those caramely sweetness things because you're avoid making caramely sweet sugars. Yep. Yeah, and then I guess the other thing we talked about was heat up that uh, your liquid malt extract before you pour it in and stir like the Dickens. You just want to keep stir, stir, stirring until you are sure that there's nothing left in that jug and nothing has hit the bottom of the kettle. Yeah, I'll just toss this out there too. It's not quite as important. Um, Do not open up your DME until you are going to be using it and cut a big hole. Uh, that or uh, I've gotten I've gone to uh, pouring it into a big bowl, like a big metal bowl. Sure. Uh, just because, like, then I can just plop it in all one chunk, and I don't have yeah. to worry about it and getting stuck in the bag. Yeah. Well, because what happens is it gets dried down to two percent water weight, and so as soon as you open it up, it's going to be grabbing moisture from the air, and it's going to clump and stick to it'll, everything. It, it, it'll stick to your hands and turn into this pasty glue immediately. Mm-hmm. And so you just avoid touching it and avoid letting it touch things unless it's touching the beer. Yes. So that's that's one. Yeah, thing. I think that's those are really the only things I can think of about. Yeah, uh, extracts, extracts are really are pretty, important. Pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward. Um, everything else when you're doing an extract beer comes down to the fermentation. Yep. Fermentation and sanitation. Always. Yep. Always, always. Talk to most and commercial we'll, brewers, and they're, they'll tell you brewing is 15% brewing, 85% cleaning. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of cleaning. And that, that's a little high on the brewing side. Usually, it, I, I would say it's probably you know, 5 and, five and 95. Are you sure you're not talking about beef at this point? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I guess I think that's it. What are we talking about next week? Do we know? Uh, nah, we don't know yet. We'll no. let you guys know next well, week. Right? There we go. There we got some ending music. Some outro. All right. Well, uh, don't forget about the Divine Homebrew Competition. That's July 13th, uh, 2014. Uh, deadline for entering the competition is July 1st. And, yeah, uh, we're going to be broadcasting live the entire day. So if you can't make it, don't worry about it. Just tune in. And you'll hear a lot of, well, stuff. Us. I'm, I'm hoping it'll be entertaining. It'll be entertaining. It'll be entertaining. I don't know why it wouldn't be. Yeah, it'll be fun. Go ahead and listen to that. Uh, if you enjoy what we do here, please support us on Patreon. You can find uh, our Patreon page at patreon.com slash or you can find it on our homepage at blindnewstudios.com. And then there's just a link at the top of the homepage that says become a patron today. Patreon is like an on a recurring tip jar. So, you know, you can give us a dollar every month and we'll put your name on the website and stuff. Or there's other perks there, too, that you can check out. Uh, otherwise, if you have any feedback on this show or any of our other shows, go ahead and send us an email at feedback at blindersstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>